0: special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: October surprise. Good afternoon. We've got a major warm-up on the way. Temperatures will be 20 degrees above normal by early next week. Meteorologist Mike Saika. Unseasonable
2: warmth going on here. Mostly sunny and uh, very warm. Saturday, bright sunshine on Sunday. We keep it going from much of next week until maybe Friday. That might be our next chance of getting some rain showers back in here. So a very dry period shaping up. Daytime highs
1: will be approaching 80 degrees once September gives way to October. The House impeachment inquiry into President Biden is now officially underway on Capitol Hill. Congressional Republicans are holding their first hearing today. The GOP trying to link the president to his son Hunter's international business deals. Jim Jordan chairs the House Judiciary Committee. The Biden Justice Department tries to
2: sweep it all under the rug. They slow walk the investigation and they would have gotten away with it all. They would have gotten away with it all, except for two brave whistleblowers and a judge in Delaware who said,
1: we're not going to let this happen. That's why we're here today. The impeachment inquiry will span the time from when Joe Biden was vice president to now and will include the time he was out of office. Jason Smith chairs the House Ways and Means Committee. It is clear
3: that then Vice President Joe Biden's political power and influence was, quote, the brand that Hunter Biden was selling all over the world. Even more alarming, the Biden family foreign influence peddling operation suggests an effort to sway
1: U.S. policy decisions. Democrats say the hearing is a huge waste of time. Here's
3: White House spokesman Ian Sam. These extreme House Republicans want to distract from their own chaos and inability to govern and keep the government open. And you see that with just two days ahead of a potential shutdown. Trying to distract the public, trying to distract the press with this fake impeachment hearing where they're not going to cover any new ground and they're just going to keep pushing baseless allegations against the president.
1: The hearing will hear from three witnesses today. The U.S. Constitution says a president can be impeached for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. The gloves came off at last night's Republican presidential debate. Gentlemen, you'll
2: have your turn.
1: Seven White House hopefuls debated the issues in Cal- California, pollster Justin Wallen was
4: underwhelmed. There's
0: a lot of squabbling. There was a lot of talking over each other.
4: But ultimately, uh, it's difficult for me to say that anyone really did rise above the fray. All of the seven candidates spent two hours, and at the end of the day, none of them meaningfully and lastingly differentiated themselves from each other. It was largely an unmemorable night.
1: Crime, education, the border, and the economy were major talking points, as was abortion. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis defended his state's six week abortion ban. We're
0: better off when everybody counts.
1: Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley honed in on pocketbook issues.
3: Let's focus on what it takes to get more cash in the pockets of workers.
1: Biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy took aim at the culture war. Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. And former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie poked fun at the man who wasn't there, the GOP frontrunner, Donald Trump. You're afraid of being on the stage defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. CBS News, Washington correspondent Major Garrett. Even though there were some choice words, some criticisms of the former president at the margin, no one really took him on. If you'd watched that debate last night, you'd think the worst thing that former President Trump had done to America... Was not attend that debate. Trump skipped the debate to speak to striking auto workers in Michigan. Former Vice President Mike Pence was there and told the audience at the Reagan Presidential Library. Bidenomics has failed.
0: Auto workers and all American workers are feeling it. Families are struggling in this economy. And Joe Biden's Green New Deal is good for Beijing and bad
1: for Detroit. The next Republican presidential debate is November eighth in Miami. Those striking auto workers plan to expand their work stoppage even more starting tomorrow. Here's reporter Chris Van Clee. We hear now that the United Auto Workers plan
3: to announce uh, what will most likely be an expansion of the strike on Friday. Uh, negotiations are continuing. It doesn't sound like uh, any of the big three automakers are close to a to a deal being imminent, although certainly that could change at
1: any time. Donald Trump told workers in Michigan last night that it doesn't matter what contract they get. EVs will spell their
3: doom.
2: I watch it. You're negotiating a
3: contract. You're all on picket lines and everything. But it doesn't make a difference what you get because in two years you're all going to be out of business. You're not getting anything. The
1: former former and criticized Detroit's carmakers for not doing enough to fight the move to electric vehicles. Now to Washington, where time's running out to avoid a government shutdown. Congress has until midnight Saturday to strike a deal. They're running short on time
4: and running short on hope.
1: Correspondent Scott McFarland says if there is a shutdown.
4: Social security checks and Medicare payments continue, but for those who need federal help to afford baby formula and food, that help could get interrupted unless there's a compromise here but there's not even a hint of it.
1: Four million federal workers won't get paid if the government shuts down. That could happen soon as Sunday. The U.S. Senate's voted to overturn the so-called Fetterman rule. It reinstates formal business attire for men on the floor of the upper chamber. Recently that rule was relaxed to accommodate Pennsylvania's junior U.S. Senator John Fetterman who liked to wear gym shorts and hoodies. So we've
3: never had an official dress code. The events over the past week have made us all feel as though formal mobilizing it is the right way forward.
1: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the new dress code means the senator from Pennsylvania will have to dress up from now on. Listen up, Pops. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary has just added 690 new words to the English language. Some of
0: these you've likely already heard, like dad bod, thirst trap, and jorts. They're teen shorts. They love those in Florida. Beast Mode is a new one. It means to go all out on something. Grammable, it's good enough for Instagram. And Finsta is a secret Instagram account.
1: Monica Ricks reporting still to come on the Noon Report. Local school bus involved in fatal wreck. It's that time of year to keep an eye out for deer. And Hochul pumps the brakes on spending. Good afternoon.
5: I'm Kevin Williams. We'll have some sunshine today. But areas near Lake Erie could catch a shower as
1: clouds gather forecast to tells are up in 10. Alright Kevin we'll see you then. It's happened again folks in Pennsylvania. Another jailbreak. How many have there been? A pair of juveniles escaped from a youth detention facility in Forest County several hours ago. State police on the scene in Tionesta Township. New York Governor Kathy Hochul's telling her administration to hold the line on spending as the Empire State stares down a multi-billion dollar deficit. This is a significant Moved by Governor Hochul. It's an acknowledgement that the $10 billion budget gap that the state is facing next year is a serious one. Ken Girardin with the Empire Center. The
3: governor is going to need to keep a pretty tight grip on the wheel through this budget process. She's committed to balancing the budget next year without raising taxes and without invading the state's rainy day fund.
1: In short, says Girardin, state spending at its current level will not be sustainable next year. New York stepping up efforts to curtail human trafficking. The story from WGRZ's Dave McKinley. The
3: law expands the headcount for the state's task force and funding for another four years. The group will investigate connections between trafficking, social media, and dating apps. Those are said to be the tools traffickers use to lure victims abroad and here in the U.S.
2: Even in our own country, you get teenage girls lured on social media to meet someone at a you know, local coffee shop or a suburban mall. So there's social media predators going after our children.
3: Airports, bus stations, and other transportation hubs will now have to display information in restrooms telling victims about services that are available. Since January, the state claims it's helped 240
1: trafficked victims. Dave McKinley reporting one person dead, two others hurt following a fiery crash in Monroe County, New York, involving a school bus. The collision happened Wednesday near Lake Pond Road and Route 250 in Webster. A car, for whatever reason, slammed into a Wayne school bus. Our first priority was to make sure the students were off the bus. Assistant Webster Fire Chief Steve Kozak. The
5: bus was fully involved and the car was just wedged right into the side of it.
1: The bus had 22 students and three adults aboard and was returning from a field trip. I mean, this could have been a much, much worse tragedy, but the 22 students were able to successfully
5: get off the bus because of the actions of the two chaperones and the bus driver.
1: The driver of the car died at the scene. A bipartisan coalition of nearly 70 New York lawmakers wants the governor to do more to help out struggling marijuana farmers.
4: The group says Hochul could save struggling growers from an agricultural emergency by signing the Cannabis Crop Rescue Act. The lawmakers say more than 200 farmers and processors are trying to sell their crops to just 23 licensed dispensaries amid the problem-plagued launch of the legal market. And more than 250,000 pounds of unsold cannabis is losing value. By The day, the coalition says farmers are not getting the income they expected and cannot recoup their costs. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Thank you,
1: Jeremy. The New York State Board of Education has banned the use of facial recognition technology in schools. Commissioner Dr. Betty Rosa says that decision was made after questions were raised about privacy concerns. Districts can still use things like fingerprint identification for added security so long as parental input is concerned. New York's minimum wage is going up again. Here's Family Life Sarah Harnish. It
3: goes up statewide January 1st. That's in 13 weeks. New York City spikes to $16 an hour and the rest of the state will increase to $15 an hour, according to the Labor Department. For upstate New York, that's an increase of 5.6% over the current $14.20 an hour. The bump translates to an extra
0: $32 a week for an employee working full time. Sarah Harnish family life news thank
1: you Sarah the families of two teenagers killed in an officer involved shooting near Syracuse are planning to sue the Onondaga County Sheriff's Department the teens were shot after driving a stolen car at a deputy in DeWitt that deputy says he shot the teens because they were about to run him over if you're being targeted by telemarketing scams you could record those calls under an amendment to the Pennsylvania law which allows police and prosecutors to tap Telephone.
3: In addition to extending the Wiretap Act, House Bill 1278 allows parole officers and investigators working for the State Department of Corrections to record conversations. Consumers lost about $8.8 billion to fraud of all types in 2022. Terry Diener, Family Life News. All right, Terry,
1: thank you. The Pennsylvania Turnpike is working to ensure electric vehicle charging stations are at every service plaza by 2027. Motorists should be able to get a full jolt in their EV in less than half an hour. The turnpike currently has 48 supercharging stations at six service plazas. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation is asking motorists to stay alert for wildlife, especially deer. Here's Family Life's Dee Haley.
3: Autumn is the peak time of year for car crashes involving deer. Deer are most active at dawn and dusk, and with it getting darker earlier, more drivers are on the road while deer are active. 41 1% of all car deer collisions in New York State happen this time of year. The
1: state's Department of Environmental Conservation is reminding drivers, deer usually travel together,
0: so if you see one in the road, you can expect to see more coming into traffic. D. Haley, Family Life News. Right,
1: good advice. Thank you, Dee. The Pennsylvania Game Commission able to rescue an elk in Cameron County that became entangled in live wires. That elk got wrapped around a pine tree and a telephone pole in Cinna Officials sedated the animal while they work to free it of its entrapment. Well, do you want to study or do you want to party? If it's the latter, there's one school that stands out, according to reporter Jim Cressula.
3: It's often a point of collegiate pride. My school? Party's the hardest. And the winner is Indiana University of Pennsylvania, at least according to a new survey of more than 60,000 students and recent graduates by the Wall
1: Street Journal. Hardy hardy and eye up, I guess. Feed more western New York's building a new facility and ham. The not-for-profit distributes millions of pounds of food each year to nearly 300 pantries, soup kitchens, emergency shelters, and other hunger relief agencies in Erie, Niagara, Cattaraugus, and Chautauqua counties. The 42nd annual Wine Glass Marathon is this Sunday in Steuben County, New York. 6,000 runners from all over the world will be taking part in what is New York's second largest marathon, the half marathon from from Camp Bell to Corning begins at 7.45 a.m., while the full marathon from Bath to Corning will start a half hour later. Let's talk more sports next on The Family Life. Noon Report.
0: And the top wild card spot in the National League goes to... Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the Philadelphia Phillies have clinched the first wild card spot after Bryce Harper hit a go-ahead home run in the seventh inning. It proved to be the game winner as the Phils beat the Pirates 7-6. to Hey, what more is there to say about Ronald Acuna Jr.? He became the first 40-home run, 70-stolen base guy in history as the Braves down the Cubs in walk-off fashion on a 10th inning RBI single from Oslo. Albies 6-5 the final. The Cubs loss drops them into a tie with Miami for the final wild card spot. The Marlins split a pair with the Mets losing 11-2 in the first game and coming back to win 4-2 in the nightcap. The Reds fell to Cleveland 4-3 and are now a game and a half behind both the Marlins and Cubs. Arizona knocked their magic number down to three after shutting out the White Sox three zip to D backs two games up on the Cubs and Marlins for that second wild card spot. Over in the American League, Garrett Cole tossed a gem last night, a two-hit shutout against Toronto, 6-nothing the final. Toronto clinging to that second wild card slot, now just half a game up on Houston. The Astros beat Seattle 8 to 3 to move a game and a half ahead of the Mariners for the final wild card spot both baltimore and tampa bay won so the o's retained their two and a half game lead in the east and their magic number is now one. Texas remains two and a half up over Houston after their 5 nothing win over the Angels. Bob, with four days to go, changes can still take place. It's going to be fun. That is a look at sports.
1: All right, thank you very much, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, Kia's catching fire, fight night in California, and preaching politics. Is that a good idea? We'll get some answers from Warren Smith at Ministry Watch. After this,
2: welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Attempt to instruct a group of 12-year-old kids about the importance of duty, honor, perseverance, and friendship by means of a lecture, and the most likely result would be glazed eyes and tuned out ears. If, instead of a lecture, however, the lesson began with something like, There was once a tiny creature called a hobbit whose name was Frodo. He had hairy feet and a magic ring, and whenever he put that ring on his finger, he'd disappear. But each time he put the ring on, the ring exercised a dark power over him and attracted the attention of the Dark Lord Sauron. Well, that story, the plot of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, is much more likely to capture the attention and the imagination of kids as it has tens of millions before them and along the way they'd learn about duty and honor and perseverance and friendship. See, that's the power of great stories. The best of stories are not merely well told, they wrestle with ultimate ideas. A reason that Tolkien remains popular today is that his stories engage with us at the deepest levels of the human condition. The power of storytelling should come as no surprise to Christians, after all, Jesus told lots of stories, and so have other Christians throughout history. In fact, two writers from just the last century who exemplify the importance of stories are Tolkien and also T.S. Eliot. Perhaps you know the closing lines of Eliot's poem, Hollow Men. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Eliot's melancholy poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which is still read by many college students today, captures the despair of modern man facing the broken world without God. In many ways, in fact, Eliot was this modern man, isolated, spiritually lost, and despairing. But a decade or so after he wrote that poem, Eliot's life and art was transformed when he converted to Christ. And he went on to write magnificent religious poetry, such as Ash Wednesday and The Four Quartets. For a time, his work even crossed over into pop culture. For example, his book of whimsical verse, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, became the smash hit Broadway musical, Cats. A very simple way for Christians to impact our culture around us is by simply sharing these good stories with others. We might not be a Tolkien or an Eliot ourselves, but we can know and recommend their works. We can tell the real life stories of Christian heroes like William Wilberforce or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or of the incredible conversions of St. Augustine and Chuck Colson, or of the work of Christian heroes today who continue to love God and neighbor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, all while enduring hardship and persecution. And we should share these stories because, like all good stories, stories do. They ultimately point hearts and imaginations to the greatest story and storyteller of all time. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. And for more resources to help you live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Thank you,
1: John, outside next Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast. For this afternoon,
5: clouds, some sun, a stray shower near Lake Erie. High temperatures 60s and low 70s. Mainly cloudy tonight and tomorrow. For most, just a stray shower overnight tonight or tomorrow morning, but more numerous showers later tonight into tomorrow across eastern Pennsylvania. Low tonight, 50s, the high tomorrow, 60s, and low 70s. Saturday, Some morning clouds and fog for some, ultimately partly to mostly sunny. High temperatures,
1: upper 60s to the middle 70s. I got a nice warm-up on the way. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Lots happening Thursday, the 28th of September. The first impeachment inquiry hearing into President Biden is underway on Capitol Hill. House Democrats call it a waste of time, especially given the looming threat of a government shutdown. Maryland's Jamie Raskin. The title of the hearing is The Basis for an Impeachment Inquiry of president joseph biden <clears throat> and yet they present us no basis at all today even after eight months of investigation but republicans insist there is a smoking gun here when it comes to the president and his son's international business ventures fox news correspondent lucas tomlinson the
5: biden family and partners received over 24 million dollars from foreign sources over five years business deals have intersected with biden's official duties and president biden was not truthful about his ties to family business deals. The
1: impeachment inquiry will span the time from when Joe Biden was vice president to now and will include the time he was out of office. Debate continues on Capitol Hill to try and avert a government shutdown. As
3: Congress races to avoid catastrophe, President Biden with a message to lawmakers.
2: Fund the government.
3: The Senate is working on a continuing resolution to fund the government for the next six weeks at current spending levels. With additional dollars for Ukraine and U.S. disaster relief. It's a non-starter for House Republicans. Speaker Kevin McCarthy pushing for a short-term bill of his own. We will pass a continuing resolution, bring that rule up hopefully on Friday.
1: Barring a deal by midnight Saturday, four million federal workers will be furloughed. Crime, education, the border, and the economy all featured prominently at last night's GOP presidential debate. So too did the man who wasn't there. Donald Trump generating a lot of debate at the debate. Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage. Donald, I know you're watching. You can't
0: help yourself. I know you're watching, okay?
1: Trump skipped the debate to speak to auto workers in Detroit, something his successor, President Biden, did just a day earlier. Former Vice President Mike Pence. Joe
0: Biden doesn't belong on a picket line. He belongs on
1: the unemployment line. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis blamed Washington bureaucrats for the economic angst that many of us are feeling right now.
4: They borrowed, they printed. They spent, and now you're paying more for
0: everything.
4: They are the reason for
1: that. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said we need to secure the border and defund sanctuary cities.
3: When Joe Biden waved the green flag, it told everybody to come. And now we've seen six million people cross the border. We've had more fentanyl that have killed Americans in the Iraq, Vietnam, or Afghanistan wars combined.
1: And biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy took heat for defending the ending of aid to Ukraine. The reality is we just because just American because Putin people. is not an, e- Putin's an evil
3: dictator does not mean that Ukraine is good.
1: Ramaswamy also caused some indigestion amongst his fellow Republicans when he suggested that the GOP use TikTok to fundraise. TikTok, of course, has come under fire for its ties to communist China. So who won last night's debate? Well, that depends on who you ask. Of course, this voter seemed impressed with Nikki Haley. <laughs>
2: She gave very
3: specific answers on like how she would fix her, fix the country. So I, you don't want to hear just fluff, right?
1: This voter picked the governor of Florida. I
3: think Ron DeSantis did a much, much better job uh, during the second debate. However, I don't think he really resonates with the American people. I still think Donald, Donald Trump is going to be...
1: Donald Trump won't be at the next debate either. That one is in November in Miami. More issues for Kia and Hyundai owners. Korean automakers have issued a park outside recall for nearly three and a half million vehicles. Apparently, those vehicles can catch fire even when not in motion. At issue are faulty anti-lock brakes, the car companies say until the glitch is fixed, the safest place to park your Kia or Hyundai is outside away from any home or other structures. This comes as Kia and Hyundai owners are still reeling from a rash of car thefts. You're listening to The Noon Report, a Thursday edition on Family Life.
4: It's time for Faith Under Fire, the Family Life news feature that looks at how Christ, Christians and culture interact collide, and hopefully seek truth. I'm Greg Gillespie, and our guest today is Warren Smith, the president of Ministry Watch, a national Christian watchdog group. Warren, I'm following up on an opinion piece you wrote on ministrywatch.com about how some Christian leaders are focusing more on politics than scripture. What's happening with that?
3: Well, first of all, I do think it is important for Christians to be involved in the big issues of the day. However, I think that sometimes Christian leaders, for reasons that are not completely evil or wrong, sometimes seek these big platforms and big voices, and they don't really focus on where they should be focused, which is in their local congregation, in their local communities and their local churches. I do want to quickly say, though, Greg, that I think there are many thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of faithful Christian pastors and leaders out there, but unfortunately, sometimes the ones with big social media platforms, the ones with the big book contracts, the ones with their television programs, they're the ones that get all the attention, and they also, unfortunately, become a role model for other, especially younger men and women who want to make a difference in the world once again I'm not saying that we should not advocate for and actively work for the flourishing of our local communities And I would also uh, say, too, that if we stand on the gospel, if we stand on God's promises, a funny thing happens. Society changes. People change. The world changes. Not because we went out to change the world, but because we sought to be faithful to the
4: gospel. We're talking with Warren Smith, the president of Ministry Watch. As these congregations are out there, small church pastors or a growing number of congregations that don't have an ordained pastor pastor in place, could you give us some of your prescription you have to prevent us from getting dragged into partisan politics where it's hard to be heard by people that are on a different stance on an issue or two? How do we stay scripturally focused? To stay scripturally
3: focused, especially if you have a leadership role or any sort of influence, such as a pastor, deacon, or elder in in your local church, is just to insist on being a gospel-centric church. If you stay focused on the local issues and local concerns, that will help a great deal. Stay focused on the gospel as well and don't get distracted by partisan ideas. Now, I, I would quick to add, Greg, that there are certain political positions that have a strong gospel rationale. So, for example, abortion would be an example. Same-sex marriage would be another example. I mean, the Bible is absolutely clear on these issues, and I think we should be too. But where the Bible is not clear, or where there is space for Christian liberty, I think that one of the things that local churches can do is to be
4: hospitable towards those uh, who hold other views. Even if you hold a position and can point to multiple places in Scripture that says, this is what we should do about this issue by ranting and raving and calling people names who disagree with you probably is not going to get them on that issue and may also drive them further from their own relationship with the Lord who really ought to be the Lord of all of us.
3: Yeah, amen to that. And, you know, one tactic that I use a great deal in my interpersonal relations and and sometimes even in the way we do journalism here at Ministry Watch is to ask questions. Tell someone something, they may or may not agree with you. But if you ask them questions and get them to examine their point of view in a deeper way, sometimes they will start themselves seeing the flaws in that point of view. Questions like, what do you mean by that? Or how did you come by that position? Questions like that start to expose cracks and flaws in their positions. You don't have to do that. They're doing it for themselves in their own mind
4: then the conversations can happen.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a writer named Greg Kokel. He's written a book called Tactics. He calls that technique putting a pebble in someone's shoe. That when you ask them a tough question about their own worldview, in other words, you're not presenting necessarily your worldview, you're asking them a tough question about their worldview, it becomes something that they can't ignore. It becomes like a pebble in your shoe. You walk around with it and it just bugs you all day long until you either adjust your worldview or you put it out of your mind altogether. It was a strategy Jesus used, by the way. It was through storytelling and questions. And I think that those
4: are techniques that we modern Christians should use as well. Our guest is Warren Smith. He is the president of ministrywatch.com. Thank you for joining us on Faith Under Fire. I'm Greg Gillespie, Family Life News.
1: Greg, a very timely topic. Thank you. Faith Under Fire comes your way Thursdays during the noon report. You can also catch it online anytime at familylife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A bit of a
5: squeeze play will be going on over the next 24 hours. A weak disturbance moving east from Indiana. And moisture from the leftovers of old tropical storm Ophelia along the coast coming west will generate a few scattered showers over the next 24 hours, but rainfall amounts for most will be very slight, and prospects for an extended spell of dry weather follow beginning this weekend. For this afternoon, clouds, some sun, a stray shower near Lake Erie, high temperatures 60s and low 70s. Mainly cloudy tonight and tomorrow. For most, just a stray shower overnight tonight and tomorrow morning, but more numerous showers later tonight into tomorrow across eastern Pennsylvania low tonight 50s the high tomorrow 60s and low 70s saturday Some morning clouds and fog
1: for some, ultimately partly to mostly sunny. High temperatures, upper 60s to the middle 70s. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. Finally, from us at noon today, if you're a fan of Shrek, well, you can now visit his swamp. Family Life's Brian Query.
3: What are you doing in my swamp? Well, if you hear that, you could say you were invited because Airbnb is offering a free weekend stay at... Shrek's Swamp, a Scotland home designed after the fictional ogre's tree stump from the popular movies. The stay will take place for two nights in October and can be booked for up to three people starting October 13th on a first-come, first-served basis. The home features oversized furniture, special candles, and yep, an outhouse, 20 meters from the house. But sorry, no torches, pitchforks, or intrusive nights. The listing states children are welcome, but must be at least five years old. In honor of the stay, Airbnb will make a one-time donation to the Hopscotch Children's Charity, which provides care and trips to disadvantaged children. Brian Query, Family Life News. Hi,
1: Brian. Thank you very much for that. And just like that, we're out of time. That's our world for Thursday, September 28th. I'm Bob Price family life news
0: you've been listening to the noon report heard weekdays on family life thank you for listening